Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. So this week we are going to be talking about why women aren't considered as funny as men, um, which is a bit of a touchy point for us. Because we all think we're really fucking funny. <laughs> I don't think I'm that funny, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a preconception that's still quite prevalent in in every circuit, really. I was going to say the stand-up circuit, but definitely in films and books and TV, TV shows. shows and all that kind of thing. So it's something that we really wanted to discuss. Well, I mainly wanted to discuss and I've roped these two into it. Well, Alex is up for it too. I, I like that you spoke about yourself in the third person. It, well, I just like, in case they're not aware of it's me talking. <laughs> Alex likes cow teapots. I'm along for the ride. Um, I listen to a lot of female comic podcasts, and so I have that is my knowledge on the subject. So I I support this topic. So it's sometimes women make you laugh. Sometimes women are funny. Haha. <laughs> sometimes men are funny. Good, good. Gender um, equality, yay! yay. <laughs> so paired with our comedy discussion this week, we have two beverages, one of which Sam selected, um, mostly because I think that it sounded interesting and the name has a pun in it. This is what we're going to start with. It is Gin King, which is like drinking, but with gin. My favourite kind of drinking. It's a pretty good kind of drinking, I'll allow. Um, it's a masterful blend of wine from England, delicately infused with London dry gin. It's very, very British. It's terribly British. I also enjoy um, the the description on the back, which is an exceptionally effervescent blend of naturally fermented white wine, London dry gin and spring water, a drink unequaled in the land for your de- delectation? Delectation. Nice, thanks. And enjoyment. Why is there, so there water in our gin and wine? <laughs> Because that's the blend. I don't know. Because it's a liquid. Stop you getting hungover, Alex. Keep well, you hydrated. Okay. okay well. um, so this is also a vegan wine um, because I emailed the man at the place and he said it was. Which sounds really suspicious. Like I just went, hello, man. Is it vegan? Yeah, yes, it is. Um, it's vegan and vegetarian friendly. It's made by Litmus Wines and you can buy it in Marks and Spencers for 13 British pounds. Lovely. It's also got pictures of plants on the back, which I particularly enjoy. Specifically Indeed. because you're wearing a jumper with plants on. It says plants are my friends and Kim bought it for me for my birthday. Yes. She did. And planted a tree in her name. <laughs> so this is what we'll be starting with. I'll introduce the second wine when we get to it, uh, just because it'll be more interesting when we do. Yeah. And we really, really, really want to open this drink. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Cheers. Gin and wine. Ooh. I don't know. Ooh, I I don't know about that. So, what does everyone think initially of the gin king? Mm. I'm not getting a lot of gin from it, I'll be honest. No. No, me neither. Um, It kind of tastes like cider to me. It tastes like Lambrini. Right. It smells very like something, but I can't put my finger on what it is. I've never had Lambrini. That I know what? of. No, oh, I, what did you drink in the park? A white fun, lightning. Fun fact for everyone who is listening to how much I drink and thinks, God, shit, she's got problems. This week on Kim is a square. I didn't drink until I was 18. What? <laughs> this is, I am finding this out for the first time right now, right this second. I was very opposed to drinking myself. Not <laughs> Drinking for myself. Well, unless you're very flexible, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> Basically, I went to a party when I was 14 and uh, a particularly not 
nice person who shall not be named spilt a bottle Voldemort. of reef down me yeah Voldemort <laughs> I went I went to school with Voldemort so yeah so someone spilt a bottle of reef down me and I was just kind of, and then someone threw up like next to me and I was just like I don't want to do this so I didn't drink until I was 18 and then on my 18th birthday I had like one drink but it was also prom and my then boyfriend threw up on me and my car so I was also still like I don't really want to do this and then I went to uni and um and I discovered then I discovered gin and and it wasn't reef and it wasn't reef and it wasn't shit and no one was throwing up on me and you went to the wrong uni I think she went to the right year. Oh yeah, that's true. Right Maybe we went to the wrong year. Um, yeah. And then somewhere in sort of third year, I started drinking red wine, copious amounts of red wine, and the rest is history. Oh yeah, so back to the wine. Not wine, wine. Not wine, wine. I don't not like it. I just, it. I thought it was going to be more ginny. Mm. I expected I, it to be quite a lot drier considering it's got London dry gin in it. And it's white wine. Does it it just, tastes like pineapples. It tastes no. like vermouth. It tastes like really cheap vermouth. That's what it tastes like. I'm so glad I spent thirteen pounds on this. <laughs> <laughs> We're very grateful. I just think it wine. tastes like a perfectly fine, nice, sparkling wine, and not at all like gin. And I think I was kind of hoping that it would taste a little bit like pre-mixed gin and tonic. Mm. <laughs> gin in a tin. Because I'm fucking classy. It's yeah. not gin in a tin. It's not gin in a tin. No. So there we go. But I don't know. Maybe next time we'll have to try Lambrini, and then I'll then I'll have something to compare it to. Mm. So, shit. Moving on to the main discussion. Now that we have our slightly cidery, not quite what we expected, gin wine. Gine. Ginuwine. Gine. Let's talk about women in comedy. Um, I'm ostensibly going to take a bit of a backseat to this conversation, but that will probably change depending Depending on on how much I drink. wine you've had. Yeah. Because I, I don't consider myself to have that much experience in female comedy i'm not a comedian i didn't study it i enjoy comedy and i listen to as i think i've mentioned um a bajillion podcast by female comedians okay so i think a good point to mention here is as we mentioned in the first podcast um i've done some stand-up alex has also done some stand-up um, and we studied it at uni as much as you can ever study stand-up at uni. Um, in fact, that's where we met. That is where we met. Um, yeah. Because we both avoided going to another lecture to go to the stand-up comedy one instead. Yes. I remember. <laughs> and Aww. I told Alex I liked her shoes. Yes. Um, Cliché, not female yeah. interaction exactly. on the dance floor in the SU. That's how we became friends. Beautiful. Shoes. So I would be interested to hear, like, both of yours experience about your stand-up comedy because i i've seen sam do stand-up comedy i've never seen alex do stand-up comedy i didn't actually know until this minute we're learning so much about each other tonight that you had done stand-up comedy i knew that it was related to your degree but i didn't actually know that you'd done it yourself and i've seen sam do it um and you're both like funny people so i'd be interested to hear it from your point of view your experiences in comedy how you feel about it um and Alex I'm gonna put you in the hot seat first oh that's nice yeah okay so um 
So yeah, I don't have a massive amount of experience in stand-up comedy. Um, I really loved writing comedies. So Sam and I met at uni and we both did drama and creative writing. And so therefore, inevitably, a lot of it would kind of link together. So I wrote a lot of comedy sketches and uh, sitcoms. And then we were had the opportunity to take stand-up in our second year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you literally teach stand-up? I don't know. How can you teach someone to be funny? Well, I don't know. We studied it for a year and we have no No, exactly. I still have no idea. But you're both funny. But that's the thing. Like, how do you... you choose to do it I because think... you think you have some kind of funniness? I, I don't know. I don't think it... That's something that I think is interesting about stand-up is I don't think people necessarily choose to do it because they think they're funny. I think some people do. I think there are a lot of reasons that people do stand-up, though, and it's not just that. I think okay. some people do it because they like to have a space in which they can control what people think of them. I think that's a massive thing with com- a lot of comedians. Um, I think for some, it's a cheap therapy because you get to yeah, stand up true. and talk about yourself for 10 uninterrupted minutes or however long you're there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do think... And I think a lot of people are not necessarily that funny in real life. If you've ever spoken to comedians that you've seen on stage afterwards, some of them are really fucking dull. Or just really shy. Or awkward. Yeah, exactly. Really shy. And, you know, you're having a chat with them. And, you know, from doing stand-up, I actually found it... It was really terrifying to stand on that stage because you're completely exposed as yourself. Yeah. Um, Whereas, obviously, a lot of the time, unless you choose to do a particular character within Mm. your stand-up, which a lot of... Especially, I suppose, modern comedians, there are a lot more. um, But you are completely exposed as yourself. We were very pushed, though, weren't we? Do you remember to do to have a persona, to have a yeah? But I feel like our personas were us. I know, but then, but maybe that's a protection thing. Maybe it was actually you do need to do this to protect yourself. Yeah, and the people that were not the people who were potentially as comfortable or as confident as we are in everyday life were the people that created those personas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Kim, you looked like you had something to say. No? no, I do think the idea of having a persona is really interesting. Like, I think that a lot of comics have personas. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, like, off the top of my head of things that I have watched or listened to. You've got um, Sarah Millican has the sort of slightly bemused single woman attitude. Um, Catherine Ryan has the like sassy single mum thing going on um, like that's her her representation of herself um, and I know that a lot of comics have talked about how they start off with characters I think and yeah. they strip it away yeah both the both the ladies on the um, Guys We Fuck podcast have talked about their voices and their characters that they've mm. done mm-hmm. um, by the way shout out that's a great podcast I just yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I haven't listened to it in ages because I haven't been in a particularly I've been in a real true crime mood, but it's a great podcast and I love them and I think they're great. Murder, not gratuitous. Well, actually yeah. like what we Pretty got much. taught as well was um the first line that you have to open with is basically a complete, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, like oh, an observation about yeah, yourself. Um and um because you know all the audience have this judgment or preconception usually when you are female it's oh shit you're a woman make me laugh which then means if you're a woman and that you're taught that that's the first thing that you have to talk about you get the people who go oh she talked about being a woman a lot and it's like yeah because you're probably thinking when you see a woman on stage 
ah, fuck, it's a woman. Yeah, exactly. So do you address it? Do you ignore the fact you're a woman? Like, how does that feed you, into you're your damned comic you do, persona? And you're damned if you don't, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How did you feel about being... Because we were in a class... I mean, our degree generally did not have a lot of men. Our university did not have... I think it was a seven to three ratio. Which is why a lot of the neighbouring university came up to RSU. Yes. um, (laughs) To snatch some of that sweet spa tail. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't that sweet. Um, But... Was it as sweet as this wine? It was sweet as cherry wine. Sweet cherry wine. wine. Um, But... It meant that we were in a class where there were more... I think it was about equal, actually. There wasn't much... In drama, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Were, I think that writing. class particularly was quite... For stand-up, yeah. actually, yeah. There yeah were, it was attracted more, more males. More men than women, which... Well, not more men than women, but more men than most of our other modules. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Because we did a theatre and feminism module as well in our third year. There was one boy. Yeah, oh my and gosh. I played a man 31, a couple of times. 31... You did. To balance you came and out. flicked my hair and called me Jack Sparrow. Well, you shouldn't have had braids in that day. <laughs> what do you expect? Obviously. Um, God, I wish I'd known you guys at uni. We, <laughs> but we pretty much there the is not a fucking hope in hell that you would have hung out with me. What, because we were too cool? <laughs> we were not. We were not cool no, we in cool. any way. I didn't want to be friends with Alex because I thought she was too pretty. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to be friends with you. What does that say? I'm joking. Did I look like a foot? <laughs> I was gonna say yes, I think I have a fetish for feet, and you looked like one. I came off Suck as snootier. <laughs> yeah. You came. Off I was gonna snootier. say that it was would be more likely that you wouldn't want to be friends with me because I come off as snootier or less fun. Snootier sounds like a posh hosier tribute act. Trademark. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Sold. That's my next. Uh, bye. I, I'm out. I think we might have hung around in similar circles, so we probably would have crossed paths. I reckon. But would we have liked the parts? What body part would you have looked like? (laughs) I suppose talking about like appearances and and (laughs) unexpectedness, like like, unexpected comments. It reminds me of when we did do our final performance performance of stand up. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a compare and he, um, yeah, he didn't know us. He met us first that evening. And um, our teacher said, he's going to be your compare for this evening and he will introduce you. So let him know anything that you want to kind of set up or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, I and um, I was particularly nervous. Um, I was always good at the writing. I wasn't necessarily as good at the delivery. I probably could do the delivery in terms of the setting of like yeah. our sessions and yeah. stuff like that. But on this evening where you have people in the audience that know you really well, yes, they're willing you to kind of like you know succeed yeah um but like i said it was just completely exposing and i've never felt nerves like that ever before um even doing it afterwards i was fine but just that one evening and this compare came on stage and introduced me as uh the very funny and the very beautiful Mm. and it completely threw me because not only all these people are now expecting they're gonna they've they're already going make me laugh but and now, now they're, they're going, going make me hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bit of both. Yeah. A bit of both. But like, also, like, it almost assumes that like I've asked him to say that. I think that about myself, and also like it doesn't matter what I know. Obviously, we were taught say the first thing that like people think when they see you. I'd like to think that isn't the first thing. I don't know. 
But like it completely threw everything. And I can't remember what my opening line was, but it completely ruined that. Do you feel like being called beautiful in that setting undermined your comedy? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Why do you think that is? I think it's because it's so surface and you want to appear as something so much with so much more depth and I'm not just the face. You don't want to be just written off as like, yeah, oh, she's oh, pretty she did well. Yeah, exactly. And to also say they're very funny as well. It's like, I didn't say that. Like, you know, it's, I, it's let like, me t- let me show you that by what I'm about to say, not have the preconception that I think I'm funny and beautiful. But the thing is, it's a fine line being a compare because you will see even professional comedians who are emceeing a show or whatever they they big up or they give an expectation of the next act you don't just get here is alex you get this is one of my new favorite comedians on the circuit or this is something mm. like there is an element of hype yeah, to being an emcee you don't usually comment on their appearance not unless you it's something are do doing something act. like oh they're so beautiful they make me sick like oh something like that like i don't yeah. know it just completely threw me if a, if and... a man came on and he'd been introduced by his parents wouldn't think anything of it I would, no, I, I, would, I don't know. If a good I think you would. Came on, I'd just be like, oh, okay. I don't ever remember, to be honest, I don't ever remember a female comic being like described as that anyway by a compare. He did a bad job. We just and... watched the ugly female comic. <laughs> no, we yeah. don't. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't ever remember in any circumstance a man being described by his appearance before he comes on stage in any situation. I think that I have seen... Apart from like America's Next Top Model or something. No, I think that I have, I I can't remember the exact lines, but like, I know that some comics have been referred to by defining facial features. Um, Yes. Like. Bill Bailey and his hair hanging down. Yeah. Russell Howard, when he's introduced Mm. people on his Good News show, I think has introduced people with a physical attribute. With a physical attribute in a like, but it's, it's things that have already been acknowledged by, by that, that person. So who's that um, comedian who has the um, lovely mouth, the big, lovely big mouth? Oh, uh, with all the teeth. Yeah. Beckett. Um, Rob Beckett. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he he makes light of it himself, but he is also sometimes introduces like with the winning a smile yeah, sort of thing. He looks like yeah, one of those children's games mouth. that was the one that was a shark and you had to push down the I, teeth and it was yeah, so, like, does look a little bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh he's 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 really funny and he's really yeah. great and he makes he, would you jokes say that he's that? very funny and very beautiful? No, not <laughs> interesting but, like he he has and I'm also sure that like um it's not Jack Whitehall but it's someone similar who has that kind of uh, like quite dashing camp physical <laughs> physical face you know like an attractive face i would quite like to dash his face on something that's no. for sure um <laughs> oh, he's so I, oh i enjoy the show uh, he does with his dad i i i like him um but yeah i'm sure that there have been comics like him or someone who is physically attractive. i remember someone being introduced as like he's so attractive that it it makes us all look bad or something well, like that. Well, yeah, but like beauty isn't funny. I suppose that's mm. what it is. Like, yes, if you're referring to someone's teeth and you're talking about them being like a like shark machine or whatever it is, like, you know, that's <laughs> funny. Machine. But that's relatable because you're like, I remember that game from when I was younger. Doesn't. But yeah. you're not going to like, you know, you're just like... You're oh, not going to well. be like, oh, she, oh, look, oh, nice face. Exactly. And then you're completely judged on that. But you're... do you think that's because... Um, good comedy comes from some sort of struggle and if you see someone good looking, you're like, ah, you've never fucking struggled. 
Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's uh, a, no, that's a I really... I wouldn't say that all good comedy comes from struggle. No, I wouldn't say all of it does, good but do you... There's... But it there is, is a, a dark side in which, to comedy, yeah, that's the yeah. point. And it's, it comes from this... For a lot of people, it comes from a place of... Um, what does that say about audiences, though? Well, that's what my dissertation was on, because yours was about women in comedy. Yeah. Mine was about schadenfreude and the pleasure of seeing someone yeah. fail but in a very controlled way which is what comedy is because you don't go to comedy to see someone brag about themselves you don't go to speak unless they're doing it the one person I've seen that can get away with it is when Ricky Gervais talks about being really fucking rich do you remember when we saw his humanity show at oh, yeah. the Theatre Royal and it was funny because he's his air is so obnoxious that it worked but I think but that's also we've been on that journey with him because he he you know he didn't start off like that and then he did all these parts and characters that were he did, obnoxious well, he did award-winning and TV then shows, yeah it? exactly and then he like takes to Twitter and he does become obnoxious and that that becomes part of his act yeah so you buy into that and you get that and you you follow that journey and you're like okay I'm okay with this yeah but there's very few other situations where I think I've watched someone talk about doing well without there being a punchline at the end of, of them fucking it up somehow. Yeah, that's really and true. Going, oh, that was an amazing joke. Well done. Yes. All the examples that we've just listed in the Amen. last like, five minutes are men. Are men. I know. Um, so to loop it back round to women in comedy which is kind of you know is what we want to talk to and we are talking about it because obviously we're talking about your experiences in comedy and you are women in comedy but to talk to to loop it back round the kind of comments that we've had that we've mentioned about rob beckett or or whoever if that were said about say um Catherine ryan or sarah milligan as an introductory would we feel that way because that's kind of what alex is saying is that like yeah she was reduced to very funny physical very beautiful yeah. physical attribute and we said oh well it's fine if it's negative i think it's... but if it was a negative but the negative examples that we've given are all men would we feel that it would be fine if it was negative if he had said something about you like uh, now may I introduce Alex who has the like the ridiculous big eyes of a cartoon character like would you feel <laughs> would you feel like that was okay or would you feel um, like was, that was if it was already linked to also something, insulting yeah or if it was already linked to something I suppose he just didn't do a good job of like talking to people I and think, researching their set I think that's but the thing like, it's the familiarity you know, with the kind of material yeah if you had come on and spoken about the burden of being beautiful in a then comedic way enough. then that joke would have worked yeah. If she had come on and then done a bit, say you had had a bit in your set about, oh God, I don't know, my knuckles are so hairy, or like some kind of <laughs> some kind of thing about being unattractive in some way. It just wouldn't then have he's landed. undermined landed. what you've yeah. done. And actually, I think I I didn't have a hairy knuckle joke, but I can't remember. And I you had some inelegant women jokes. Yes, in term, yeah, exactly. Because you know it's going it's going against that whole kind of uh, yeah like uh, original kind of observation of someone and it just didn't land because yeah. one he'd thrown me and two because like it just didn't make sense to what yeah. he introduced because he set you up as this thing and then you came on and presented something very different yeah um so and yeah you think... know as a stand-up as an actor as a performer as an artist you are allowed to present who you you are entitled to present who you want to present i think yes. okay we're going to pop a pin in that for now while we open our second bottle of wine this is kim's choice 
Um, we finished our strange, strange Ginny business. We finished drinking. Jinking. Jinking. Very rapidly for a drink that we were not that I mean, super it was 8.5%. It was, so. was 8.5%, very drinkable. And also it... Um, it's the kind of drink that I think would be much better suited to a summer afternoon than a November evening. Mm, to be yeah, honest. maybe. I agree. I also think that it would have been really nice with um, a bunch of garnish in it. <laughs> Hide it with plants. No, like, you, know, <laughs> you know how a lot of the fun of like a mojito or a particularly fancy gin and tonic or... Basically um, make it into pims. Yeah, pims. Yeah. Oh, would be good with some rosemary in it. You know what? I did not Ooh. get enough pims this summer. Just, no. Just going to say it. We We're going to do a pim special in the summer, don't Next we? year, all the pims. Next year, all the pims. Mold okay, pims. So... Oh. Mm. They do they? winter, they do like winter we fruit care, pims, but... don't they? We did that one year mm. for New Year's. Do you not remember? And it didn't go down Oh, yeah, that it was well. very unlikely we remember a New Year's, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Um, so would you like to tell us about this fine yes. Kimberly? So um, I spotted this one in the Isles of Morrison's, which I was strolling genuinely to find interesting wines um because we don't often go in there because it's on the other side of town i'm lazy as fuck um (laughs) and two things about it stood out to me number one that it was from the workshop wine co and in my layman's understanding of comedy i've heard a lot about you know comedy workshops workshops, and the collaborative Um... nature of comedy and especially given what you guys have talked about about your uni experience i feel like that was quite on the nose it's also, it's the Workshop Wine Co. Mastercraft Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, I love a red, as I've mentioned a thousand times. Um, I love a Cab Sav. Mastercraft, like being the master of your craft. We're talking about why women are seen to not be as funny as men, when actually I really think that women are having a smashing comedy era. And we'll probably talk about that in a bit. So it felt really, really appropriate to me that it was a Workshop Wine Co. And like it was that. called Mastercraft. Um, you really thought about this, I game. really... Well, you know, it is kind of my role. I love um, that. That's why I, you're the sommelier. That yeah. is why I'm the sommelier. And, uh, yeah, I was It was. I was really trying to be considerate because my original thought when we, when we talked about this topic was that I was going to pick a rosé just because the gendering of wine, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then I decided that actually I wanted to think about it a little bit more and I was really pleased when I mm. found this one. So... The Mastercraft range is sourced directly from those hard-working grape growers and winemakers that have complete mastery of their craft. This wine showcases the outstanding style of Cabernet Sauvignon for which the Clare Valley is famous. The wine is packed with intense black cherry fruit with chocolatey richness, plush round tannins and hints of mint. Mm, um, strange combination. Could have done with that mint in that gin. Well, exactly. Um, it is 14%, <laughs> so... Hopefully this one will last us a little bit longer. I wouldn't bet on it. And it is vegan compliant. And that compliant. is compliant. From... <laughs> That's what it says on the bottle. It's just an odd way of phrasing it. Vegan compliant. Vegan compliant. Fabulous. I comply um, with the vegans. And again, this is so workshop wine co. I think supply only to Morrison's I don't know um, it's one of their there's a few in the range but this is one of the only ones that's actually vegan compliant but it's um, it's like a Morrison's it's kind of like Sainsbury's Taste the Difference or um, Willemi which you can only get at Sainsbury's um, you know like different supermarkets have their different brands that you can only get there this is one yep. of the ones that I think you can only get at Morrison's and I'm really excited to try it so 
without further ado so i love how morrison's is my local supermarket because i am on that other side of town and i have never heard of like this taste the difference-esque morrison's because i usually go and you're like five pounds fuck off morrison's has some really interesting like Morrison's exclusive wines. Like, also this weird woman that stands at the back selling dildos. I don't know if you know about Yeah, that. I've heard, you know what? I heard her and she was like, you want a bad dildo? You want and a I was bad like, no. Dildo. No, I don't. I, uh, I know I've got my posh wine. Thank yeah, you. I've got my posh wine. <laughs> yeah, no, they have some really interesting um, Morrison's sort of exclusive brands and I'm excited to try them. Right, so Alex, we're all do your doing, chin selfie. We're all okay, doing the sorry. chin <laughs> top tip don't try and drink the wine as your chin tucking because that's just what I've tried to do and it doesn't work good what do we think it smells like wine cheers mm. um <laughs> mm, I like oh are you sure I was gonna say that producer Holly normally can't have cab sav but because she gets a little red face. She gets a little <laughs> red face, but no one can see her. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, of course, as usual, the pictures of the wines will be posted onto our social media. Yeah. Um, along with any relevant material that we've we've talked about, um, which you can visit at. So if you want to find us on Instagram, we are at Grape Culture Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Grape Culture Pod. Um, you may notice that is different from our previous podcast. That's because I'm a gump and I got it wrong. So yeah, and I also that, that might, was too long for Twitter. I think <laughs> that that might be a rite of passage in podcasting. Gumpery <laughs> of the highest order. <laughs> Getting social media tags wrong, but sure, let's call it gumpery. 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 Why not? I'm having it. So I'm thoughts, it. thoughts on the uh, the master craft. Is it a master of its craft? It makes my ears hurt. Your ears. What? Mm. Why does it make your ears like hurt? Like the bit between your ears and your throat, it makes it hurt. Ooh. Ah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I feel wine. like it was a mistake us having gin first. Were you just going to say the wine was a no, mistake? No, no, like, no. Not at all. Gosh. Not at all. Alex has dashed hers on the ground. <laughs> no, you are a mistake. <laughs> Another. No. Can, can you not? Um, clean this carpet. Yeah, like maybe wine. not on the beige carpet. Um, no, I feel like it was a mistake having the really sweet wine first because this because red wine is so dry and but if for me bitter but if we started with this we wouldn't have been able to taste the fizz would not have tasted anything i um i really like it's quite it's quite smooth i think that i'm gonna reserve judgment until i've had a bit more of it because um (laughs) i take your point that you know we've, we've we're switching immediately from one kind to another without any kind of palate cleanser because i ain't that fancy well mm. let's discuss best comedians Ite. Mm-hmm. best comedians funny funny comedians that are working funny comedians that we like uh public uh public famous public or menaces not, famous or not famous dead or alive <laughs> or are we also talking Don't about know, preferably female though no yeah no <laughs> Are we also talking about? Are we talk, just talking stand-up comedy because the the term comedy is broad. Yeah, there's a lot of so stuff broad. in that. Um, are we talking also uh, writers, performers? I don't know. You scope? tell me. We make the rules. Because the first person I go to when I think of funny women, and she's not, she, I'm not saying she's necessarily the funniest woman. She's just one that I admire the most is Tina Fey. Mm. And Emma Pelly. Emma Pelly. But Tina Fey may. Oh, yeah, we have. I we can't Tina say Emma Pelly. I've never name. been able to say her name. We so don't it say it's kind of so it's mumbled. Emma Pelly. 
Amipur. Amipur. Hello. She is incredible and I love her. Yeah. Just, but that's because you're Leslie Nope. I am Leslie Nope. Um, but Tina Fey, I think for me, because uh, the first thing I was... Pro- well, obviously she wrote the screenplay for Mean Girls, which is hilarious. Um, and also one of our like formative films, I think, when yeah. we were teenagers. Um, and she wrote and starred in 30 Rock, which I fucking love. Uh, obviously she did, she's done SNL as well and now Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt I love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which is so good so for me I think Tina Fey is <gasps> get out get I know, out so I feel like I couldn't say that except for in a whisper does that mean that you don't get every single Kimmy pun that Sam does on my name I mean to be honest Sam says a lot of puns and, and one liners <laughs> and I don't yeah. get half of them I just smile and nod and laugh so and know. about eight of them land that's why we're such good friends <laughs> I smile women and nod supporting and women. she pats me on the head that's true we did what was it we once said our relationship was like it was like oh it was um again extras, extras um Ricky Gervais and um Ashley Jensen who is like I love her so much yes but to one very sarcastic character on one quite dippy character, I think, is the best I really to relate to when she says that she's laughing at her toes waggling. <laughs> because why isn't that funny? Why is it? It's your own feet. You're doing it. Yes, but they're funny. <laughs> the movement is funny. I'm not is purposely it, doing that. Is this why that. you liked me when I said I looked like a foot? Because you found me funny. <laughs> <laughs> the way they waggle. <laughs> So are right. toes waggling your favourite female comedian? Is that, is that what no, no, one? No, not at all. Not at all. Tina Fey, definitely. Tina I, Fey. I completely agree with everything yes. you said about Tina Fey. And similarly, I think Amy Perlia has obviously yeah. a, a real... They have a relationship. They're, I mean, yeah, they're a duo. You know, they're a duo. Um, I think they are both hilarious and wonderful. Um, I would also say Sarah Pascoe is my latest fave because... She's clever and funny. Yeah, and you've read her book, got her book. I have read her book, and yeah. it's brilliant. I recommend to everybody. I mentioned to someone the topic that we were going to talk about, and they went, oh, "Have you read Sarah Pascoe's book?" And I went, "No, because mm-hmm. Sam hasn't lent it to me yet because I have four of Sam's books already." <laughs> yeah, your library card is full. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sarah Pascoe and I have listened to Sarah Pascoe on the radio before and on the wireless on the (laughs) very much enjoyed her um her brand of comedy alex what about you do you have any female comedians that spring to mind immediately i mean the the goddess of female comedy i suppose in terms of its very roots is victoria wood for me Mm -hmm. but that is so old school i know it's so old school but maybe that's Um, because it's classic it's so classic and i think what it was was okay yeah she did her kind of um her song about what were the couple called like the old-fashioned couple that go to bed and try to have sex um Anyway, you're staring at me so blankly. It's like such a well-known song. Um, I'm not really that familiar with Victoria. I'm well, shamefully unfamiliar what, with Well, what I will say is, apart from maybe that song, but that was kind of a very kind of funny look at an elderly kind of middle-class couple trying to Bang. do the deed. Um, she very rarely focused on kind of the taboo subjects that a lot of female stand-ups tend to do to, to cause shock mm. or alarm. Um which has kind of been the focus for a lot of female stand-ups moving for, past Victoria Wood, really. Which is what I would I'd like to discuss that further down the line. Mm. But yeah, 
I kind of, when I think, even though obviously the birth of comedy was not Victoria Wood or birth mm. of comedy in terms of female uh, comics, um, she is very much for me the mother of female Modern comics. female comedy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such an interesting thing to say, like, because here I am saying, oh, I feel like female comedy is having a real upsurgence and we're talking about how historically women aren't as funny as men and then you've you've named two you know massive hitters that are just so part of the cultural backdrop that, mm. that's the word i wanted to say but i didn't i i didn't trust my pronunciation so i was like no I'm gonna say it. <laughs> i was just like i don't think that i can say that without slurring so i'm just not yeah. gonna um but yeah like they're so part of that and then and yet we're still having to say no women women are funny even though we've got mm. these this backdrop and it's it kind of to me it's the similar thing that we talk about nowadays you we talk about sort of oh all these modern pop stars who are coming out as bisexual or gay or whatever and you're like freddie mercury like you're you know you just reference you go back and you look at all these performers who have been doing this a lot longer and you they're but they're just so iconic that you almost forget to talk about their nuance yeah i mean i suppose like sexuality and being open about that is slightly more modern because it yes you know yes and no though because it was like i think show business is the place where for so many years that was the sphere in which it was was acceptable and which is why it was frowned on as well like and and being a woman and being in show business like music hall like music hall which is the birth of like comedy and sketch you know like it was so frowned on being a woman in music hall um because it's an oddity and people go to see an oddity which is a woman and mainly taking well yeah like vera what's her name no vera she was the first male impersonator or, or kind of famous one anyway um but also you know they were still apart from her yeah. actually then she did take her clothes off a little bit as well but you know <laughs> predominantly it was women taking their clothes off and maybe doing it in a comedic way but they were still objects but that gives rise to them burlesque and that's a whole thing yeah that's they kind of split itself. down but if the birth of stand-up was these kind of sketch shows and they were seen yeah. as objects and yes it then led the way to burlesque which then separated yeah mm. you know it still gives roots to where stand-up started well burlesque hasn't and hasn't how separated. women were were viewed because you watch a burlesque a true burlesque show is still comedic but often you will have a male yeah. compare i've never seen a burlesque show with a female compare i've only no, ever that's seen very men. true and then women taking their clothes and then actually some boylesque as well when yeah the men do it too but it's generally men that's really interesting, that yeah, interesting. i hadn't thought about that mm. i wonder what that is i realized that i didn't actually stipulate people that i thought were funny no no it's clearly a conversation <laughs> progresses it's kind of the point but i just thought i'd go back to it um because i i think my opinion's really interesting because i'm not a comment uh no i just i had people to mention which is i wanted to mention the round table discussions that you can watch on youtube with the hollywood reporter mm-hmm. and they recently did a comedic actresses round table i say recently i think it was posted like a year ago <laughs> um but it had eddie kemper from unbreakable kimmy schmidt yeah and it had amy schumer um it had oh shit i'm gonna forget her name and it's so tracy ellis ross that was it um was one of the ones and she was she really um drove the conversation really well and she 
was I've never watched um, her show, but it was it was really interesting because she talked about being a black female comic, um, and I just think that I think that that's something that's really stuck in my mind watching these group of I think it was six funny women talk about their experiences being funny women and their experiences in comedy and especially in light of sort of me too and everything like that and Ellie Kemper especially I thought was really interesting because she she didn't say a lot in the discussion and she didn't say a lot very purposefully because she was like uh, it's it was very obvious to me that she hadn't had as many negative experiences because she is a cute white woman and that's not the only reason she'd not had as many negative experiences but she had not had as many negative experiences as the other people on the table she hadn't had the same kind of um blocks and i'm sure that she had many in her career but she she took a back seat in that discussion because other people's voices were more important to be heard or at least that's that's you know they had more to say and i found it really interesting because when she did speak what she was saying you know the way that she engages with the racial controversy that kimmy schmidt came up against with um the casting of um jane Krakowski, Krakowski, the one who's a white woman and then was uh, cast well, she no was it, was, it wasn't even that it was actually in the first series the um the vietnamese boyfriend oh don't yeah and what that meant and and was that playing on racial stereotypes and all that sort of stuff um and it was it was just a really interesting panel to discuss but it it had people in it that i thought were really interesting and i really like Eddie kemper because i really like rakeable kimmy schmidt i like amy schumer i i don't love her i but i think that she has done a lot for comedy um i think lena dunham was one of the people on this as mm. well and that i was particularly interesting because she is obviously a very controversial figure and i've never yes. watched girls um but there are yeah. there are all these names that you can pull at the drop of a hat that are mm. running some of the most successful shows or the face of some of the most successful shows that there are like unbreakable unbreakable kimmy schmidt was huge girls was huge amy schumer huge mm. like um Amy Poehler, Parks and Rec. Amy Poehler. Uh, Tina Fey. And I just think that, like, a lot of the names that I pull out, female comedians, Catherine Ryan, for example, which I know she's not everyone's favourite um, on this podcast, but I, I do think that she's very funny, but I know that um, she's not to everyone's tastes. Uh, she just had, what, a three-week sold-out show? I was speaking to a friend of mine at the weekend, and he said, um, he told me about it. He was like, she's just sold out three weeks in London every night and i can't think of any any comedian that would have done that he's like maybe michael mcintyre and like 2009 but even then probably not i don't agree with that i think no. loads of comedians sell out really fast i think I, it, I, i'd be interested in be, like, three weeks three three weeks in the same place yeah but like selling you know, out every okay. night yeah, like, but it's london i'd like to see her do that in plymouth well exactly well, maybe but i i i just thought it was really interesting and then um, I can think of, you know, many other female comics that I think are doing great work. I think when it comes to comedy, yes, please. Um, that was Alex once again showing me up and gesturing at the wine because she. No, I just drink quicker than you. <laughs> um, 
I just think that like for myself as a, a layman comedy absorber I think or at least I mean maybe I'm a bit above but still it's it's certainly something that I can drop that many names well so from oh, so from yeah. the outside so that's from an outside yes. view of maybe famous women today famous funny women famous well women that have been allowed to be funny so everyone's gone we've accepted you you're funny oh, you've proven yourself you've proven now. yourself well done let's yeah. give you a, a tour in a in a london theater well give you a, a setting in a london theater sam obviously i gave up doing stand-up when enough when i had an awful time at university because you know one bad time and that's it yeah one bad um, game that's fuck it game over um, it wasn't even bad i don't know no, no it, it wasn't was but anyway like it wasn't yeah. my calling in life anyway that was just not your show i've seen you do a lot better than that yeah. performance but anyway but like you know like i said i enjoyed the writing and i i still enjoy writing and directing and all that mm-hmm. um and like to include comedy but you definitely have stayed on the circuit from someone that hasn't necessarily i'm not saying you haven't proven yourself but you're obviously not like selling out a three-week london venue unfortunately well what is it like climbing that ladder climbing or... that slippery man-filled ladder yeah exactly mm, greasy um i think it's interesting that you are saying there have been it feels like there have been advances i i I think this is something that is very hard to judge because we are exposed to a lot more female comedians now because of this fucking stupid rule about every comedy panel show must include a woman. Oh, this is a, this is a good one. Which yeah. makes me really, really cross. Because I completely, I completely understand the intention behind it and I think it is well meant in terms of increasing people's um, exposure to female comedians giving advantages not advantages that weren't there before but but opening up a forum that may not have been as open to women but it feels like it's it's fucking tokenism it's just going yeah i totally agree i i certainly agree with that every time i watch a panel show that has just one woman on it i don't feel like yay go girls i'm like i feel fucking sorry for you because you are there and you have to prove that you have got what it takes to keep up with these people Whereas with they've these just men, gone, not yeah, with these, these people. Men. With these men, you've got to prove that you have earned your spot, despite the fact they've clearly just gone through a roster and been like, oh, we haven't had her for a while, let's have her, she's all right. Like, it... And usually it only really one, usually me. only one female as well. Usually and I'm one. not saying I'm not saying that you're like you should have a mate to like keep you company. But like it's just like well why but... can't you just go right? They're funny, but they're funny in this way. They're Aww. funny and they're funny in this way. They're funny regardless of the sex. Mm. And you go actually together, they will really bounce off each other, and that will be hilarious. Does my head in? Sorry, I just this this makes me so cross. Um, it's just this feeling of this could be a woman who has grafted for years. She's gone from doing you know gigging for free in tiny shit little pubs all mm. across the country then maybe done a few art centers then like started maybe getting paid work doing longer slots like years and years and years of work years of material can be have brilliantly crafted jokes have fantastic delivery and all you're going to see when you switch on the panel show and see that woman is oh yeah but they've just booked her because she's a woman mm. like that's it 
Well, I don't know. I think maybe because we're aware of it, we might have that judgment. But people that don't aren't au fait with all this kind of, you must have a woman, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we're really into kind of women in the arts. So we're aware of it and we read these articles. But, you know, not everyone would be. And actually... I'm still saying obviously it's completely wrong and I do think it's tokenistic and there are a lot of women in the circuit but do you think it's also like where does the fault lie does the fault lie in these panel shows does the fault lie at the initial clubs that they're booked does the fault lie that not a lot of women are going into comedy because they see it as more obstacles and more hassle than it's worth like there there isn't as many as far as I'm aware there isn't as many women going into comedy because of these preconceptions and because of this strife that well no so where where does the chain begin is what i'm saying i don't think it's true to say there aren't as many women going into comedy like the percentage may be slightly lower but from my gigging experience which admittedly is not extensive is has been over the course of the last eight years or so on and off i've not been doing stand-up continually through that time i sort of pick it up every year or so do it for a bit and they go nah I'm done but I've never been the solo woman on a bill there's always been another woman there with me um or I tell you I tell you one thing that fucked me off as well I did a comedy festival a few years ago no I did it two years running and there's a new act competition in that festival and they had women only heats they didn't integrate the women with the men they had woman only it's not heats. like it's like javelin and someone's slightly stronger in their oh, right arm. Like, it's like, Jesus hey, Christ. we'll get your light microphone so you don't break your dainty little arms. Oh, my like, God. It I was, can't believe yeah, that. Yeah, so that, that was in the like, space of the last couple of years. Um, and that's probably them thinking, oh, we're doing our job because we're giving them a oh, fair chance. Don't worry, we'll give the girls their own But there one. is nothing you know what? to do with separate. Like, no. Why should you separate them? <laughs> Can I drop a phrase here? That Mm -hmm. is a phrase I have heard time and time again on the stand-up circuit. You were funny for a woman. Oh, Oh. I hate. Do you know what though? Like, and I know, I know it's slightly different. It's almost like so. I work a lot with young people, and we do a lot of plays. We do youth theatre. It was a good play for for kids, kids. and it is exactly the same. And it's like, why should there be this? But it's almost assuming that women are slightly, always going to be slightly less funny and slightly less experienced. Like, oh, you know, children did their best and they did good for kids. No, there's always a qualifier. You you should just have like you did well, or maybe I could give you feedback on this particular joke or this particular way you did something. It makes me so. You made me laugh. I don't normally laugh at birds. Like, oh, you're still a misogynist, but thanks. Why is that misogynist northern? (laughs) I don't know. Cliche misogynist. uh, It's because it's what I'm thinking of one person who said it to me in particular. Okay. There's all. It reminds me. I had a friend at uni who said we were watching. I don't know some shit romance film because me and um she goes i really hate it i really hate it when people go you're so beautiful to me like you're so beautiful to me you're so funny to me you're so wonderful to me and she was like it's just just to you like i'm fucking i'm fucking wonderful anytime like why is it just you and it used to be Mm. her absolute pet peeve and i just it's sorry that just made me think of that because i just think why does there have to be a qualifier? If you're giving someone a compliment, don't give them a fucking qualifier because you're immediately undercutting it. Yeah. <laughs> you're beautiful, no homo. 
<laughs> you're a really good friend. No homo. No homo. No, you're a really good friend. But right yeah, now, if you if you ever if anyone is listening to this and you ever see a woman do some sort of comedic performance in any way, do not go up to her and say you were funny for a woman because she will punch you in the face. Just say you were funny. <laughs> How was that punch for a woman? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I had a point and I've got it. Um oh yes, that was it. Um I was talking we were talking about tokenism. Uh female tokenism being the token woman on the panel. Uh being the token woman at a gig, which I know that you said that there's normally another woman with you, but um Normally, not always, but yeah. Do you find that the comedy is constrained given that you've clearly had people come up to you and give you unsolicited feedback um do you find that the comedy of you and your fellow comics has been constrained by perceived gender i.e is it relying on stereotypes are people going are people waiting for you to to, to fail no 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 are people waiting fail, for you to, to, to make the certain joke to make the joke about period. to the sex in the city to make the sex in the city jokes to make the Oh, I'm a sad single sad sack or I'm like I was having really great sex with my boyfriend because well, I'm is the a thing. Slut. It's like like I said before, I it's like the taboo and like women well like <laughs> no <laughs> Do you enjoy the the, the Do the, you enjoy the, sex? the bums? I like the bums. <laughs> yeah. Um but... Sometimes my boyfriend really oh. <laughs> <laughs> likes football and it's so Bore, like I yeah, don't know. I know what you mean. Like the typically gendered jokes. Um, sorry, Alex, you were saying something. Well, no, I was just gonna say, like you know, um, in terms of where female, well, where stand-up comedy sketches stems from, and like I was talking about musical. Um, you know, women went on the stage to shock. So yes, there was the first uh, woman that was the male impersonator. There was women that would take their clothes off. There's women that would, you know, do jokes and stuff like that. Usually with taking their clothes off. Um, but you know it was a whole it was a shock thing it was a mm. taboo thing so mm. it kind of stemmed from that and so then it became very much about kind of like period jokes and uh, tits and sex and things that women weren't typically meant to talk about or share with an audience or, or anyone and um, then suddenly it became so overused and so cliche that it was just kind of like, this isn't taboo anymore, this isn't funny anymore, and you're still clinging on to this. So one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to ask about the the, the stereotyping of humour, etc., is because one of the quotes in the articles that you sent that I actually wrote down on a little piece of paper because I couldn't be bothered to print the articles. It's a callback a little bit to episode one because the quote was, funny books from funny women are still wrapped in pink covers. Oh yeah, I found that quite interesting. And uh, for anyone who actually has listened to episode one, um, we talked about Barbara the Slut uh, and other people. Other people. Other people. Other people. Every time. And we talked a lot about the cover for that book, which you will be able to see on our Instagram, um, which is quite literally the word slut in big pink letters. And I think that's quite interesting Sa- um alex is holding she's just a pulled a book from her bag, book like from her bag literary magician yeah that is called what is it called what would budica do what would budica do which is also um quite pink or brightly colored and sort of florally and she's holding like what suspiciously looks like a starbucks cup 
and a sword. So sword and Starbucks. Those are my two staples when I yeah. go out. But it's everyday problems solved by history, history's most remarkable women, but yet wrapped in pink. Because, of course, you wouldn't know it was for women unless it was pink. Yeah, of course. And um, just to say that even the um, the book Fucked by uh, Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson of the Guys We Fuck podcast um, has fucked in... Well, actually has F asterisk C-K-E-D in... um like a butthole big big pink neon letters again it's another it's 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 not quite as extreme i think as as slut uh is in barbara the slut but it's still quite sort of this is a girl book um yes please i think by amy pera is is pink um the the lettering is pink on that one what's the cover of sarah pascoe's book like do you know it's red at least I red. Think it's red. I am colorblind. Hussy. Oh shit! Yeah, you are. Sorry. Uh, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> Who knows? Know that pink Might be green. was typically a boy's color, though. I did know that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Until like nineteen hundred. It was to do with the war colors, oh, and uh, red was obviously like a manly war color, and so pink was typically the boy's color because it was a washed out war. Well, like a slightly <laughs> a slightly lower, um, you know, hue hue to uh the manly war color and so yeah so and and blue was typically female because of the virgin mary oh, yeah so when did that change around 1900 mm. actually yeah pretty much really interesting um it is and i think like i think that it's interesting that this this point about gendered comedy this point about gendered books it's still so prevalent that's the word I was the looking to say, good. but I've had too much wine. I've had the same amount. Uh, I know, <laughs> but I slur more than you do. And I've had more Frangelico than you. The point that I was trying to make was that I think it's really interesting that despite all the good things that I think about women in comedy, mm. that these sexist, gendered behaviours are still there, that they're still um, like sneaking in without me even realising to my bookshelves and my show type, you know, like the, the Netflix little show title cube things yeah. and all of it. Um, and you guys are saying that even in your comedy, like the jokes, they're still there and they're still, and you not, you're not sure of the line, I don't think, of what is expected and what is what you the joke that you want to be making it doesn't seem like to me a lot of the time that not necessarily with yourselves but with other people so in terms so what you're saying is that it's difficult to know when a joke is a good joke because it's a good joke and when it's a gendered joke and you can't tell it because you're a woman yeah yeah and the same way that it's difficult to tell whether a book cover is a book cover just because it's a good book cover or whether it's someone went, yeah, but what if we made it pink? What if we put lipstick on it? Mm. Yeah, fuck off. So with that in mind, this is nothing to do with it. I'm just going to say that anyway. Wine. What do we think of it? <laughs> the, um, let me read it. <sighs> the Mastercraft Cabernet Sauvignon. Kim is giggling and pink, so I'm assuming she's quite happy. Um, I really liked the wine, but it wasn't a standout. It wasn't wasn't as good as last week's wine it was not as good as last um it was just you know what for something called mastercraft on the top shelf of morrison's i don't think that it's quite as fancy as it thinks it is 
Mm. It insists on its own fancy and I will not have it. You know what? It's not as funny as it thinks it is. It's just landing. It is above its station. It's just, yeah. It should just stay home and make me a sandwich. It's good for a wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for a Morrison's wine. It's good for a Morrison's wine. Um, what would you give it grape-wise? Three. As high mm. as What about you guys? I would say it's all right. Again, <laughs> like it was wow. fine. It. I think we were spoiled last week because the um stones and bones was fucking so great. Fucking great. Um. So this master chef, whatever he's called, master, master craft, <laughs> master craft. <laughs> That's the one. Um. Yeah, I'll go with. Uh, I suppose a three. I mean, it was it was drinkable. It was fine. Um. It just. I'd never go into a shop and be like, "Ooh, that one I had before." It's just I'm gonna not find as great as it. Um, I'm gonna go. Well, actually, if we're going by, if I walked into a shop and wanted to buy it, probably a one point five. Ooh, as because well, you don't like red wine. Well, exactly. So if someone had it in their house, I'd I'd be like, okay, yeah, I've drunk that before. I can drink it again. So maybe in that sense, maybe a two. But I'm not gonna walk in the shop and buy it. (laughs) So if someone gave it to you, two. (laughs) Someone gave it to me for free, two. If someone asked me to pay the money for it, 1.5. One, yeah. Yeah. And what about the Gin King um, Strange Wine and Gin Cocktail? We didn't, yeah, because we didn't rate this before. We have not rated it, no. Um, Two and a half, I think. Like, it was just, it wasn't particularly ginny. Yeah, I wanted it to be more ginny. And something with the word gin in the title. Yeah, it's literally yeah, got gin yeah. in the title. Yeah. And I, um, I'm eager to please, so I can't rate things too low. But I, I drank it. We drank it fast, mm. but it was just a bit. I'd rather buy a bottle of prosecco, and for how much it cost you as well. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't say how much is gin and how much is wine and how much is water. <laughs> it was mainly it's water. the water that's really yeah. bugging you, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go for a two. I'd also go for a two, I think. Yeah. It was fine. Fair enough. But I enjoyed it less than the master. I'd drink it at a party. I wouldn't pay £13 for it. No. I'd um I'd like to just leave with a quote from one of the articles that I really liked. It was a quote from one of the articles, which we'll link to in the show notes, but I think that it kind of sums up our attitude. I don't know. It sums up mine. Which is, people are funny. These funny people can be men or they can be women or neither. And I think that that is, that should be what it is. My, I agree. My my attitude is that it's ridiculous to write off an entire gender when that gender is half the population. Mm -hmm. Um, Up to 1% over. 1% more. In fact, there's more of us. Um, To say that they aren't funny or they aren't something or they are one way or the other. Because one woman's sense of humour is not going to be the same as another sure you may not find one woman funny you probably don't find all men funny either no so don't be a dick <laughs> there we go closing statement closing don't statement be don't be a dick remember if you want to follow us on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter just search at great culture podcast or head over to our website which is www.greatculturepodcast.co.uk You can listen to the podcast on there every two weeks or you can download it on SoundCloud or iTunes as well. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!